Cherry gum would cover up the cigarettes we smoked. The seven up would balance out the beer. Mom would make us dinner, and we'd all try not to choke. Dad was working later every year. We'd count the trucks on Highway One on their way to Jacksonville, wondering where they headed on from there. My brothers and my sister all stood spiritually still, as if those roads became the answer to their prayer. Bottle keeper. What up? Good morning. Happy Friday, everyone. Kind of a slower song for a Friday, but this is Dawes' new song that I really like. It's all about growing up. Life keep moving. Hometown feels like home, though. Happy Friday. Hope everyone's doing fantastic. Healthy, happy, and ready for the weekend. Morning to Norm, Detroit Dabber, Steve B, Real D50. Vinny, Josh, don't forget the intro. Osborne, what's up, everyone? It's the morning show. It's bite-sized bits of everything that I enjoy. We're going to do some uh, music. We're going to do some American history and geography and American towns, some baseball. And then on Fridays, we do a documentary, not uh, a book. Jill, Abe, BVD, how's everyone doing? What's up, Scott? We got anyone in Facebook? Eric Torres, John, Todd Father. What up, guys? Colin Blasky says, Go Blue Jays. You guys clinched a playoff spot last night. Congrats. Jonathan Krause, Enrique. Morning Abe says, John Boy Media. JM loves Dawes. Or J- or morning, yo, says Greg Southern. Yeah, morning. How's everyone doing? Today we got Wake and Jake coming out. We don't have John Boy and Jake Radio. I don't know why I didn't take that off. There's a new Pinstripe Strong. There's a new Talking Baseball after this that I did not do my research for. Um, there's a new What We're Listening To. Go find yourself some new music. And there's a new Talking Yanks. So change out John Boy and Jake Radio with Talking Yanks, and then you got it. Detroit Dabber says in the chat, Tradition. It's on the soundboard. Tradition. 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 Because I find that. I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. Probably because it sounds like he's got a mouthful of marbles. And because he just says it so matter-of-factly. Tradition. Road to tradition. You guys like the movie Road to Perdition? Jude Law didn't like it. Felt it felt ugly the whole time. Anyway, this episode is brought to you by Bottle Keeper. Use code John Boy get twenty percent off. They got bottle keepers, can keepers, pint keepers. You'll see a pint keeper next week because I don't have one. But I already showed you the can keeper. Showed you one version of the bottle keeper. This is another version of the bottle keeper. The other one a little more pizzazz. This one just blue, baby. Just just rock solid. You put the bottle right in there. Keeps it nice and cool. 
It's like a thermos bottom for those that can't listen. It's like a thermos bo- thermos bottom. I'm picking out a thermos for you. Not an ordinary thermos for you. And um, then you slide the bottle, beer bottle up. See, there's a beer bottle in there. It's all insulated. It stays cool. It pokes its head out the top like a little turtle. You screw on the bottom down there, a little ASMR, and then get the bottle head to wherever you want it. I'm going to push mine up a little bit. Bam, bam. And then the cap has a lot of room for whatever size head. Bottle keeper. What an invention. I'm telling you, they feel very sturdy in your hand. They feel like rock solid. We got can keeper. We got bottle keeper. 20% off if you use code JOHNBOY at bottlekeeper.com. Go check it out. Go check it out. Very, very sturdy. It feels good in your hand. The random town of today is Wounded Knee, South Dakota. Tragic. I hope Tex Houston, the player today, isn't. Because, you know, the documentary I'm doing is on the challenge of the new... So we got a lot of tragedies on our hand. I didn't realize that um, that Dawes song was kind of, you know, sad in a way. Damn. A lot of tragedies. Uh, The population in Wounded Knee, 382 people in the 2010 census. It's also sick. AM when I did the weather screenshot and 48 degrees, not a cloud in the sky. Town is named for Wounded Creek, Wounded Knee Creek. The bones and the heart of Crazy Horse, the Sioux chief, were reputedly buried along this creek by his family following his death in 1877. On December 29th, 1890, in the same area, in an incident known as the Wounded Knee Massacre, the United States 7th Cavalry killed more than 300 men, women, and children who were being relocated to the Sioux Reservation. Tragic. Horrible. Story. They were like, they were moving them. I think they were relocating them, right, to reservations, and then they set up camp at Wounded Knee, and then the story goes that the army went to camp to get rid of all of their guns and the rifles and stuff. And the um, the the version of the story is that there was a blind or deaf 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 uh, member of the Lakota uh, <coughs> who Sue who refused to give up his rifle because he said he liked it and he played paid a lot of money for it. And then there was another uh, member of the of the tribe doing the the death dance or some sort of ritual dance. So there was some craziness. And then uh, uh, you know a one shot was fired, and then uh, they massacred everyone. So there are some eyewitnesses and stuff in journals. I, I I haven't I haven't read about that in a long time. I think that's the story uh, that is out there. But um, more likely than not, they just went and massacred everyone because. Kind of what they did in history, but let's check out the town. We got, there's a battlefield and there's a memorial right away. And it's a pretty squiggly shape. 
It kind of looks like if this is the bat head, like this is the nose of the bat, and this is one wing, and this is the other wing, and this is the back of its head, and it's falling backwards uh, like the like the soldier in 300 after he gets kicked into that well, but it's a bat and his wings are out and he's looking up at the sky kind of like, oh, <laughs> that's what <laughs> the shape looks like to me. You guys can interpret the clouds however the weed lets you interpret them. Um. All right, is there anything in this town? No, there's the battle, the battlefield. So I'm guessing that's a cemetery. Wow. Wowzawiza. That's. Does this guy go down there? Does this, does this guy go anywhere? It's pretty empty. So that's the battlefield. I think that's the battlefield. It's pretty sad. Nothing going on. Uh, where was the other part of the town? Okay. There's some roads and some homes over here. And the creek. There's the creek. So, I mean, that adds up that this is where they set up camp. You're surrounded by the creek. Okay. Adds up. And there's one street over here with some houses. These houses look kind of nice. What's this? Think we can go on this road? Let's check out these houses. We can go on this road. Yes. Oh. They're pretty tiny houses. From the satellite, I thought they were bigger and newer. I don't know why I thought that. Okay. We got some people... Wow, ain't that the circle of life? You get pushed in a stroller, and you get pushed in a wheelchair, and hopefully the in-between was delightful. A lot of foot. Is this the same people? Are we in a time warp? Oh, I get it. Because these people are probably walking faster than the car. But then the car would have to be going very slow for the same people. Oh, maybe the car's driving this way. And he sees these people here. And there's a dog licking out of the muddy puddle. And then he keep driving. Were we in a time warp? Didn't we see those people twice? What? Am I? Okay, so we saw them here. They're walking. Have Is the dog here? Is the puddle here? No. Okay. But now we keep going, and they're up here. Okay, so we do see them twice. We do. And now the dog should be in this shot. Yes, there's a dog. So when you go one way, you see him twice. When you go the other way, you only see him once. I don't understand this, Google Maps. 
I don't understand it. What's this sign say? American Recovery something something Lakota land. <laughs> All right. Well, we just fell down that rabbit hole. I'm not we haven't listened to this in far too long. What a good song. Wounded knee. I mean, it says it got a population of 300 people in 2010. Where'd they live? There's only those two streets. Can't find another house in the town. One who one there and there. Seems like everyone lives there. Maybe there's a lot of people that live in those houses. Maybe these things. Is that just a nice house? The one nice house in town? I don't know. Oh, someone said that Josh had a good question. <clears throat> Derek Dombrowski says, Josh, that's a good question. What's the question asked? How much does the Google car driver get paid? Well, let's check it out. Google map car driver salary. Street free street view driver salaries at Google can range from $11 to $17 an hour. This estimate is based upon two Google street view driver salary reports provided by employees or estimated based upon statistical methods. So, so it's like a, a hourly part-time job. Um, sounds like two people let us know one guy made 11 bucks and one of them made 17 bucks. And that's all we know. And this is from 2014. There's a whole Reddit on it. How does one get a job as a Google Street View driver? I don't have a link, but seen this question answered before by drivers. It's a temp job, and they don't advertise as a Street View driver. Several people responded to ads on Craigslist or whatnot and got into it. It's not a permanent job in most cases. Some are in major metro areas, but for the most part, you drive till you're covered your area, and then you're done. They pay you by miles covered. If you covered everything local to you, then however much time commute to a new place is not paid. So if you need to drive 30 minutes to reach a place you haven't already covered, then you have the 30-minute commute to your driving job in the same car. Prepare for a life of this. Risky click. Oh, my God. So loud. College humor. Not into it. Okay. 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 College humor went bankrupt because of Facebook's fake numbers, and then they they kind of blame themselves for getting duped by Facebook's fake numbers, which I don't see very interesting to me. No one forced you to put all your money into Facebook, college humor. You just did it. Maybe you guys don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I think that's all we got on Wounded Knee. It's 48 degrees and sunny there. I don't know how many people live there now, but it was 380 in 2010, and it's got a sad history. It's got a sad history. The baseball player, hopefully his history is not sad. His name is Tex Hewson. Tex Hewson. Hopefully his 
history is not sad. Let's see what producer Ants notes on Tex Houston were. Full name, Cecil Carlton Houston. 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 The pitcher. Eight seasons, all with the Red Sox. Three-time All-Star. In 1945, he didn't play because of the military. He went to the military service. His best season was in 1942 when he had a 22-6 record with a 2.59 ERA. He led the lead in wins, strikeouts, complete games, innings pitched, and batters. I mean, that's pretty impressive. All of those are, are legit. He led the league. 42. As for four, like, war, that's pretty good. At the height of his career, arm and shoulder injuries threatened permanent disability and hastened his retirement. After re- retirement, he joined his dad and uncle at Houston Meat Company in San Marcos, Texas. He died in San Mar- Marcos in 1993 at age 77. He was enshrined in the University of Texas Hall of Honor in 1970, the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in 1987, and the Boston Red Sox Hall of Fame in 2002. Where was he buried? Great question. Let's find out. Buried in San Marcos Cemetery, San Marcos, Texas. He went to Kyle High School in Texas. I choose to believe his name is Tex Houston. Yeah, it's Houston. Um, Oh, he's a cousin of Jack Creel. Let's see if Jack Creel, his cousin, was any good. Uh, he has positive war in his life and he played in one season war season, 1949. He was 29 years old. This is his cousin, Jack Creel. Let's go back to Tex Houston. Seems like Tex Houston was pretty good. Three time all-star before joining the military. And then like, you know, there's a lot of black in his, in his baseball reference, a lot of bold. 1942, led the league in wins. 1944, led the league in win percentage. 42 and 43, led the league in complete games. Inning, led the league in innings pitched in 1942. Led the league in home runs allowed in, 20, in 1943. Led the league in strikeouts. It's really good in 42. Batters faced. And then he came back from the war. In 1946, he led the league in walks per nine and strikeouts per nine. Or strikeouts per win. What the hell is that? Dude was good. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's got a 275 ERA in 1946. His two seasons bookending his military time are pretty good. 226 ERA. Is there any video on him? Tex Houston. 49 second video from MLB.com. Houston, Boston, 1941 through 1944, 1946 through 1949. In 1942, Tex Houston led the American League with 22 wins, 22 complete games, 281 innings pitched, and 113 strikeouts. He again led the league in 1943 with 20 complete games, 
in 1944 with a 783 winning percentage at 18 and 5. The three-time All-Star had a remarkable 96 and 54 record for a 640 winning percentage with a 294 ERA overall in an eight-year Red Sox career. He returned from military service in the pennant-winning 1946 season and went 20-11 with a 275 ERA and six shutouts. I mean, that guy just did what I did, but he did it with a cool accent and the music playing in the background. Damn. I got to up my game. Let's look at his postseason pitching. 1946, he pitched in the World Series. He started games one. He started game one of the World Series against the Cardinals. He went eight innings pitched, only two earned runs. That's pretty good. Then he started game three, but he did pretty bad. He only lasted two innings. He gave up three earned runs. Then he came out of relief in game six and pitched really well, but they got the loss. Let's look at this game one, 1946. Game one, Red Sox at Cardinals. Two-hour, 39-minute game. We got Tom McBride. Wally Moses, Johnny Pesky, Dom DiMaggio, Ted Williams, Rudy York, Bobby Dorr, Pinky Higgins. What a team. Hal Wagner, Tex Hewson. For the Cardinals, it was Red, Terry, Stan, Eno Slaughter, Whitey, Joe, Harry, Irv, Marty, Howie. <clears throat> Harry and a Howie. Um, Howie. Damn, Howie for the Cardinals. He went complete game 10 innings pitch. This game went into extras. Uh, went into extras, you say. Let's see. Let's see what happened in the extra innings. <laughs> do, 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 do. In the top of the ninth inning, the Red Sox tied it on a Tom McBride single. Gutteridge, who had hit a single, no, who had pinch run for Pinky Higgins, who hit a single earlier, scored the tying run. Bottom ninth, Cardinals Go down in order. Earl Johnson sits him down. Top 10, Rudy York hits a solo home run to give the Red Sox the lead. And then Earl Johnson comes back out. And the first batter, Red Schoendee, what does it say? Uh, reached on an error. Then they tried to bunt him over, and they did. Now you got a runner on second. The tying run in game one of the World Series on second base with one out. Wally Moses replaces Tom McBride playing right field and batting first. So they put in a defensive. What is that? That was a defensive replacement because now they want to make sure that runner doesn't move. Anyway, Stan the man usual grounds out to second base, moves the runner over to third, so now you've got two outs. The tying run on third base in the bottom of the 10th inning, game one of the World Series, and Eno Slaughter steps up to the plate 
and he hits a fly ball to right field where Tom McBride was playing, but Wally Moses replaced him. He makes an absolute great diving catch just within his reach. If they didn't do the defensive replacement with in the middle of the inning, it would have been a tie game. I don't know. It could have been a lazy fly ball, but the, my story works out pretty cool with Wally Moses making a, a game-saving catch and the defensive replacement in the middle of the 10th inning being genius. But I made it all up. Well, I didn't make it all up. He did fly out to right field where they have Wally Moses, who just came in. Cardinals go on to win the series. In game seven, they win by one run. Holding on. Scoring in the bottom of the eighth. It was tied three to three. Red Sox tied it three to three. In the bottom of the eighth, the Cardinals retook the lead on an Eno Slaughter single and a Harry Walker double. And that would do it. They would be world champions. Is that the gas? Is that the gas? The gaslight gang? With 1946. The gas house gang was the 1934 St. Louis season. Nope. We're 13 years late. Not the gas house gang. Don't ever make that mistake. Uh, Detroit Dabber says, uh, what are you guys talking about? I did my degree in general history, but ended up doing my thesis on Abraham Lincoln. And I did another one on domestic terrorism. What was your thesis on Abraham Lincoln about Detroit Dabber? What was, uh, 22 complete games. Periscope chat is, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, all right, so that's that. The uh, documentary, I haven't finished it yet, but everyone's talking about it. It's brand new. It's out on Netflix. came out on September 16th. Challenger, the final flight. Uh, Detroit Dabber did his thesis on Abraham Lincoln on his law career. Nice. Um. I wrote a dissertation, Derek Dombrowski. We just got a bunch of history majors in the chat. He wrote his dissertation on the Boston Tea Party. And now I'm doing another on America's involvement in World War II. Wow, nice. <coughs> Boston Tea Party is kind of funny because everyone thinks it was this big protest, but the British kind of just watched it happen and were like, yeah. They're like dressed up as, you know, the Bostonians dressed up as fake uh, Native Americans. Um in disguise or they thought that, I don't know and then you know it was like so civil they went on the boats and they took all the tea and they didn't they didn't hurt anything else they didn't burn the boats they didn't do anything very peaceful and they threw all the tea in the water the tea had been just sitting there forever um and then the the British were just like watching like oh shit should we do anything nah And then uh, that's kind of it. People talk about like this big grand protest. It was, but 
the blockade was the bigger thing. Anyway, Netflix documentary, The Challenger. I just started it, and um, and uh, man, it's I don't I didn't know. So The Challenger happened in 1986. I was born in 1989. There's some movie out there. Is it far as what movie is it where they show the classroom watching? It's like the opening scene of a movie that I've seen a lot. And uh, it's it's like all I knew is that, you know, the Challenger blew up on, on takeoff. I didn't know anything. I didn't know any. I'm not like I didn't know anything of this story at all. And the way they did this documentary, if you haven't watched it on Netflix, uh, I haven't finished it yet. But the way they open it up is heartbreaking from the jump. They introduce you to every astronaut that was in there. Um, and then they show, you know, and then you, you find out they all passed away when it exploded. And they have the, you know, oh, my God, dude. I know that I go into sadness on this pod more than we'd all like, but. It's heartbreaking to show, like, you know, the loved ones of the astronauts watching them take off. I I feel like I've seen the, the Challenger, like, my first exposure to it was some movie I watched where they, like, make a joke about it, like basketball or something. And, and, and that was, like, my first exposure was a movie making a joke about it, which is, you know, awful. But, you know, people make jokes about stuff, and if it lands, it lands. Um, This is hard. I, mean, I just never realized it's like it's like an American tragedy. And then they show footage of the the space shuttle returning in 1981 and, and thousands and thousands of people cheering and, like, being all like, America's the best. And, uh... It's crazy, really good. I'm like, I'm like really excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on in the background in between every recording I do today, because uh, I want to finish it. But I didn't realize the program they did. Um, usually, I show clips. I don't even know if it's worth it. I didn't realize the program they did because <clears throat> because they after they went to the moon, they were like, well, let's do a space shuttle. Uh oh, and no. That way we, I want to see this Enola Holmes as well. That way we can do, we can just bring anyone in. So all kinds of engineers and then eventually, you know, they have the pedestrian teacher that's coming. Um, oh, wait, I fell asleep to it. So now it's got it on episode three, but I didn't even finish episode one last night. Um, they show they have all this footage. So if you're like not sold on trying testing this out and you like history, which the chat does, let me try and find. I'll show you. They had this new thing where they brought in 38 students to be astronauts that weren't, you know, your typical astronauts. Um, just like different engineers because the space shuttle allowed for anyone to go. And then they have all this footage of all the training sessions, which is wild. They documented everything. So this is um, McNair, I think is his name. He was one of the ones that passed away in the Challenger. And this is them doing water training in case, you know, the shuttle came back down to earth and landed in water. They needed to know how to survive. But I just think it's wild that they have all this footage of the training. They did two years of 
of like intense astronaut training for all different like survival tactics or, or anything. Um, and this was the water, you know, in case you ejected out of the, the shuttle and were in water yet. But my point is there's tons of footage. So it took a while to make this documentary, but they had tons and tons of footage from the day from the back then, which is awesome. So go check it out. Um, Cause I'm excited to finish it. But you didn't know I had my hat right here. Katie gave me a haircut yesterday. So I don't have my hat on, but it was right here. Don't even worry about it. All right. That's the show. Go watch Wake and Jake. Jake will tell you what happened in the sports. I got to go get my study in on for talking baseball because I did not do my homework. And that show requires a lot of homework. Thank you to Bottle Keeper. Thank you to you guys. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. It's the last weekend of baseball for our baseball fans out there. And uh, I'll be back in the office next week. I think we're going to try and ride out morning. Um, Next week, once baseball does start and the week after, it'll be a little hard. um, Because we'll have late nights in the playoffs and stuff. So bear with me if I do miss a day here or there. But I think, you know, once we get, once baseball gets to the AL and NL CSs, it should be very easy to, you know, it'll wind down. I'll just see. Going to see a new apartment today. Going to play some disc golf tomorrow. Going to go apple picking on Saturday. Very excited. Healthy. Ready to do a nice fun weekend with the family. All right. Bye, guys. Love ya. The Lord must really love us common folk Cause he made so goddamn much Now if he'd just point the way to go If he could just start speaking up